Dmitry Samarov. Uh, today I'm going to read a couple of pages from uh, Benjamin Labatut's uh, new book, The Maniac, uh, which concerns Johnny von Neumann and uh, sort of one of the epic geniuses of the 20th century uh, who was involved with artificial intelligence, mathematics, the atomic bomb, and lots of other things. It's, it's a great corrective to other representations of these kind of evil geniuses. Uh, I'm thinking of uh, Christopher Nolan's horrible Oppenheimer movie here, and uh, a book like Labatut's uh, tells a story that that's kind of related and on similar themes and makes it understandable to dum-dums like me who didn't go to real college. Anyhow, this is towards the end of the book, and it, it uh, sort of, it's not about von Neumann. It's about uh, the game of Go, I hope you enjoy it uh, much as I did. The legendary Emperor Yao invented the game of Go to enlighten his son, Dan Zhu. Yao, born of the goddess Yao Mu, one of the five mythical sage kings of China, begat Dan Zhu with his most beloved concubine, San Yi, who birthed a vicious little boy. Danju prized cruelty above all the ten thousand things. When he was just a child, and the rays of the sun shone through the green-yang brightness side of the Hall of Light, he would rip off the wings of the birds at the Easter, Easter Palace, gouge out their eyes with a sharp stick, and watch them flail helplessly on the floor, dancing to the music of the bells that he would fasten with strings carefully wrapped around their talons. He was generally opposed to the order of the world and delighted in contravening the strict rules laid down by his father to guarantee peace in the four quarters of a kingdom so vast as to be likened to infinity. In spring, he would hunt pregnant mares. In summer, he would trap and hobble young fawns so they would grow crippled and disfigured, becoming easy prey for wolves the only animals the young prince felt any love for, since they were a cruel and heart as heartless as he. Fall was his favorite season. When the harvest began, he would cover his body in rotten leaves, splash mud on white walls of the comprehensive pattern side of the Palace of Light, and wait for the executions to begin. Criminals were rounded up, along with the depraved, the infirm, and the demented and the boy would shiver with delight, watching them be interrogated, tortured, punished, and then slain. His pleasure would reach fever pitch during blackest winter, when the sun was in the tail. Then he would kidnap young boys and girls, lure them into the dark hall side of the northern palace, with promises of food and gold and then rape and strangle them, leaving their broken bodies out in the cold. 
for the snow to bury and the wolves to gnaw on. He was a beast that could not learn to read, write, paint, or play the lute, but he had a supernatural ability to win at games of all kinds, be they of chance or mental or physical skill, because he was sly and cunning as a fox, and could skin a cat with his eyes closed. The emperor's mother, Yao Mu, told her son that the boy was not truly human, but a fallen star, and like all things that plummet from heaven, he was her harbinger of death, a message from the Jade Emperor himself, a plague visited upon mankind lest we believe ourselves to be above the gods. The boy was driven by an all-consuming rage, and lusted after the peace that only the void can bring. He was a death-bringer, a destroyer, bound to nothing save his own gravity, falling further and further into himself. Yao Mu also revealed to the emperor the true meaning of the strange characters that the child bore on his forehead, marks that no amount of water could wash away. Heaven bestows a hundred grains upon mankind. Man offers not a single good deed to recompense heaven. Kill, 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 kill. The emperor was a bastion of moral perfection. According to the bamboo annals, he lived as though he were a simple farmer, and during his reign his brilliance pervaded the four quarters, shining in the hearts of all men. Throughout his lifetime, the sun and moon were as resplendent as jewels, and the five planets hung like a string of pearls in the heavens. Phoenixes nested in the palace courtyard, crystalline springs flowed down from the hills and ran along the countryside, carpeted with pearl grass, and rice crops were abundant and plentiful. In the capital city of Pingyang, two unicorns, those rare and wondrous omens of peace and prosperity were seen locking horns beneath the purple blossoms of the wisteria, but fled on the very day that Danju was born, and had yet to return. For the boy began to organize hunting parties from the day he could hold a bow in his tiny hands, hunts that would last for weeks, as he had sworn never to rest until he had slain at least one specimen of every living creature, dragons and unicorns notwithstanding. With the help of his mother, Emperor Yao prayed to the four celestial kings, the Nine Sons, the Blessed Queen of the West, and Pangu himself, the first living being of this universe, to beg their permission to divide the entire cosmos into a grid of 19 rows and 19 columns, creating a board with 361 intersections on which to play a game against his demonic child. He summoned Danju and explained the rules of this game, the most important of games. All the players had to do was to place stones, either black or white, on the intersecting lines of the grid in order to conquer as much space as possible and, encir and encircle uh, their opponent's stones. The player who garnered the most territory in this way would be the victor. 
He placed the board in the boy's hands and told him that when he felt good and ready, they would play a tournament, one that all gods, demons, heavenly and earthly creatures would witness. The emperor would use white stones made from clamshells, the, the child black slate. Whoever won would rule the world.